Hello and welcome to the IBCD Care and Discipleship Podcast. We're here at the IBCD Summer Institute and get to have some interviews with some of our speakers. And today I'm delighted to have Martha Peace with me. And Martha, thanks for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. Glad to be here. Martha, for those who may not be familiar with you and your writings, would you tell us a little bit about yourself and what has brought you to a place of speaking at biblical counseling conferences? Well, that is a long journey in God's <laughs> grace. Um, I am a nurse an RN, and uh, the last job I had as a nurse was teaching nursing at a college. I loved it, but it was during that time that the Lord saved me. I was 33 years old. I was married. I had two children, and um, after a couple of more years of teaching, I quit my job and um, just devoted my time to my family and to starting to teach the Bible to women. And that just, I almost instantly knew that God had gifted me to teach. And so my favorite thing is to teach the Bible, books of the Bible, verse by verse. I had a pastor who helped me. He told me what commentaries to get. And I uh, started a ladies Bible study. Mm-hmm. After about five years, I met a man named Lou Priolo. Now, Lou is a biblical counselor, um, and he had moved to our area to start up uh, what was dormant, the Atlanta Biblical Counseling Center. I as just curious and wanted to be a more practical teacher, uh, took his courses. He asked me to become certified through the uh, ACBC group, and I said, no, Okay. I'm not a counselor, I'm a teacher. Hmm. And um, so then he snuck behind my back and talked to my husband and said, if you tell her to do it, she'll do it. <laughs> so Sanford came to me, and he, because he agreed with Lou, and he said, I really think you should try it. I think God has gifted you. Hmm. So I said, well, I'll try. So I did. Why did you want to stick with teaching? What, what was it about counseling that you saw? Well, it wasn't fit? any opposition mm-hmm. really to counseling. I just loved teaching the Bible. Okay. Just simply going verse by verse teaching the Bible. And I, I just thought that's what I want to do the rest of my life. But then... When um, Sanford asked me to try it, then I did start working on my certification. I did start working with Lou at the counseling center, and he discipled me. He helped me. And um, eight years later, he had helped me develop material on being a godly wife. And um, I taught some classes on that. And we recorded them. Well, when we did that, we started using those tapes. You had to use tapes back then for homework for wives. I was counseling women. I would give them tapes. Lou, same thing. One day he said, God is using this material powerfully. And I said, I've noticed that too. Hmm. And he said, well, you need to write a book. And that's a long story too, but the rest is history and eventually, three years later, the Excellent Wife book came out. So that's how I 
got involved in counseling, but it's still my favorite thing to teach the Bible verse by verse. Yeah, yeah. So in in studying these passages and, and loving teaching about it, how do you decide what you're going to write about? What has prompted you to write your various other books? Well, every time I write a book, I think, well, this is it. I don't have any more ideas. But with counseling, I've been certified as a counselor 27 years. I've counseled hundreds of women. We, Our church has a free biblical counseling ministry to the community, and I'm one of the volunteers there. Um, I have seen patterns of issues that women have and struggles that they have and have come up with biblical solutions to that. And so after doing that long enough, uh, one day it would just dawn on me, well, you know, this would make a good book. Mm. And so at first I did not like writing. I It was just too much work, too much trouble. I can do chemistry problems better than I can write a book. And so it wasn't easy for me. But it's grown on me over these years. The Excellent White Book came out 21 years ago. Hmm. Most of my books really have to do with counseling issues like Damsels in Distress. That book has a chapter on trials, on hurt feelings, on manipulation, different things that women would be interested in. And when when I got saved... I read the Bible for the first time in my life, and I was astounded, just astounded with everything. When I read Genesis 1-1, and it said, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, I just remember being overwhelmed with joy at what God had done. And, I mean, even in the Old Testament, when it would talk about the Lord God said, and God, I was just like, oh, this is God talking to these people. But when I got to the New Testament, I was coming under conviction every other sentence. Mm -hmm. It was like, oh, no, I'm doing that wrong, or I'm thinking that wrongly. And then when I got to the book of Titus, now remember, I was 33 years old. Okay. And I got to Titus chapter 2, verses 3 through 5, and it says the older women likewise are to, and it gives all these character qualities. And then the seven mandates that they're to be teaching and encouraging the young women to do, to love their husbands, children, be kind, sensible, pure, all of those things. And I stopped and I thought about that. Now, I know it wasn't an old woman then, but I thought, that is my ministry, Hmm. and that is what God wants me to do. I think that's what he wants every woman to do. They don't have to be up front necessarily teaching, but um, they should be involved in the younger women's lives. And so I remember stopping and praying and asking God to make me this kind of woman. And then, and I figured it would take till I was old for that to happen. (laughs) Then I also said, I asked him, if it pleased him, this makes me want to cry, but Mm. 
to let me develop material to teach women on each of these seven issues before mm. I died. Wow. And I've, I've done that now, so I'm ready to go. <laughs> well, hopefully no time soon. <laughs> no, I know. But that's what, um, I mean, it was just me yeah. and the Bible and God. And I just latched onto that. And that was, that it was like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Now, when I thought about that, I thought, just in my little church, mm-hmm. I had mm-hmm. no clue yeah. That what would happen did, you know, would happen. Yeah. Well, along that line, as you're looking at Titus 2 and uh, thinking of women who are now empty nesters and, and understanding Titus 2 are supposed to be pouring into these younger women, but maybe they feel like they're not prepared enough. They haven't they haven't sat down when they're 33 and thought this is the trajectory I'm going. Right. What would you say to them as they find themselves hearing that passage and thinking about their particular stage in life? I think several things. A a godly, mature woman needs to understand Bible doctrine and be able to explain it. Um, She needs to, of course, be able to explain the gospel, just basic doctrine. Mm -hmm. She also needs to know the specific verses for the women and children and then in the context and how to explain those. And and then she just needs to not be selfish. Hmm. These empty nesters like me, and I've been an empty nester for quite a while, they tend to be selfish, hmm. and they won't get involved. They'll, they, they're only playing with their grandchildren, or they've gone to aerobics. That's where they are. Just, they're just not obeying the Lord. I did write a book about this, mm. and it's called Becoming a Titus II Woman. And it's, it's for all women, young, single, married, or old. And they, they need to be thinking in these terms. And I tried in the book to tell them how, by God's grace, that they can practically develop this godly character and then what it looks like to teach the young and exhort the younger women great so that could be a good place to start looking through that book seeing what it holds forth and i think so just growing in those truths yeah yeah great resource for ladies to look into and i know you did a pre-conference for us on becoming a titus two woman and uh, so we have some of those audios as well that they could Mm -hmm. listen to and then get the book and go from there so what, what would you say you're most passionate about helping women understand? Um, what do you want them to know and to, to be passionate about I as well? I want them to have a high view of God. Hmm. I, um, my cousin, <clears throat> I have a, a male cousin who's older than me. He is not a Christian. He has been very curious about the change in my life and especially the books and everything. I send him all the books that I write. But one day, uh, they were visiting us, and he and his wife said, what happened to you? Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And so I gave them my testimony. And when I finished, William said, you see God as the prophets saw God. And I, I said, well, I don't understand what you mean. 
he said they saw him high and exalted. And I said, yes, I do. So that um, that's where I live in the southeast mm-hmm. of the United States. Just about everybody is born again. Right. Now, they may or may not be, but they have what I call easy believism. Mm-hmm. You just walk down the aisle, you pray the prayer, and you're saved. Once saved, always saved, and you can live like the devil. You're just carnal. You need mm-hmm. to not be carnal, but the, the fruit is not there. And that's not a high view of God. Right. That's a very man-centered view of God. And God is a little bit in the picture. So if I could instill in somebody's life, a woman's life, I would want them to see God as their high king of heaven. Mm. I, re- I remember the first time I read the Bible, when I got to the book of Daniel, and I, I had heard some of those Bible stories as a child, but I had no clue <laughs> what right. really was in there, you know, and in the context there. But Daniel's view of God hmm. was so high. He talked, he prayed to the high king of heaven. Hmm. And I just, I just love that. Wow. And I think that any Christian should have that heart, and God has to give it to you, mm-hmm. but to have a high view of God. So helping women pray for, seek after a high view of God, and then also a heart that longs to reach out and not just keep that to yourself, but be pouring that into to right. the younger ladies, exactly. cheering them along. Yeah. As you're counseling in the context of the South, where everyone is born again or claims that they are, what are some ways you found to draw out from them where they really are spiritually? How well, do you... we have to get them unsaved before we can get them saved. Mm-hmm. And of course, we can't save them. Sure. Only God can. But I, I like to ask people the evangelism explosion question. If you died today and stood before the Lord and he said, why should I let you into heaven? What would you say? And then that's very telling mm-hmm. the answers. Yeah. And even if they have the right answers to the question, if there's no fruit in their life and if they're not responding to the scriptures like almost all my counselors do, mm-hmm. then I take them to Second Peter chapter 1 and I walk them through this, uh, these character qualities mm-hmm. that we're supposed to have. And Peter says, if these qualities describe you and are increasing, then they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of him. And and it goes on there. And so I will tell them, from the time you got saved until now, and I'm going to read this list, and Peter, I want you to say, yes or no, and I would explain each one. Okay. Mm -hmm. Do you think that you know that you have increased, God has changed you in these character qualities, not sinless perfection, but overall you can see a big difference. And the ones that I suspect that they may not 
really be saved, mm -hmm. usually they will say, no, I can't see any difference. Mm -hmm. And then another question mm -hmm. that I ask that's very helpful there is, um, if, have you ever in your life prayed a prayer or had the desire or the thought, and it doesn't have to be the my words, but the gist is, God, use me for your glory, no matter what that means. Hmm. And always, if they are not saved, they will say no, hmm. and I will not. Wow. And push back strongly against yes, that idea. Huh? That's mm. not a that's not a believer's heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really important part of counseling is just ascertaining where people are mm -hmm. in their walk with the Lord, where where He's wanting them to grow, and and all of that. So the, those are some helpful guiding tips. Um, well, Martha, it's been so great to have you with us, and well, thank you. So thankful you're coming to speak at our events, and thankful for your writings as well. And uh, I know you have friendships with many of the speakers here, and I uh, get to hear little glimpses of that. So that's a lot of fun. Yeah. So, so thanks so much for your time. And thank you all for joining us for the Karen Discipleship Podcast. And all of the talks from the Summer Institute will be available on our website. So you can catch Martha's talks and the other speakers as well. And we look forward to being with you next time. Mm -hmm.